This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Us, a show dedicated to bringing real help to real couples. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, guys? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and together we are high-performance marriage coaches. We are cutting through the bullcrap and creating a movement of happy, healthy, badass couples all over the world. Let's go! Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Us. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, guys? I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. My name is Seth Studley. Welcome to the show and welcome back, Foo Member. We're bringing back the Foo. We're bringing back the Foo. And it is, we do it in November and December because obviously the holidays, you're going to be spending more time with the family. You might be around people you don't like. You might be around people that you haven't gotten along with in the past. And in order to make it not a bigger S show than it is, we are giving you some helpful education, tips, tools, and um, real instances of ways that you can improve your level of differentiation in your foo. So We love uh, family of origin, so that's what foo stands for, family of origin. Yes. Um, But yeah, we're bringing it back. It's exciting, and like Seth said, we do this so that the holiday seasons, like swinging around into the new year, Mm -hmm. can be less chaotic around family. And as you grow in your own sort of like personal development world, the foo has a huge impact on that. So we like to Absolutely. share about it and all that jazz. So today we're going to do a bunch of sharing and information sharing um, as we sort of like push out the boat of foo and to the lake. The gravy boat. <laughs> the gravy boat. I was actually thinking of like the Lord of the Rings elves. Ooh, okay. Pushing it, pushing it out. Right. So what we're going to do, we have, I have eight things to talk about this time, right? We're going to recap what family of origin is. These are a lot of like psychological, systemic family uh, therapy terms. You know a lot about it, so I'm going to talk about it, give it a little preface, then we're going to have quick conversations mm-hmm. around it. So, and you guys, check this out. The more that you learn about your family of origin will be the more you learn about yourself. The more you learn about yourself, the more you will learn about your marriage and how you present in your marriage. And there's undoubtedly going to be things that you need to work on, things you need to give grace to yourself and your spouse and definitely ways that you can grow. So that's the hope here to help you. We've been through it. We're going to help you go through it too. So, okay, Melanie, food definition. Can you read that, please? What is what is family of origin? The family of origin is the family one grew up in, as opposed to the people one currently lives with. It's the place that people typically learn to become who they are. From the family of origin, a person learns how to communicate, process emotions, and get their needs met. That's right. So family of origin, the foo, hereby, henceforth, Henceforth, this day on called Foo. If you don't know what that means, look it up or re-listen to this episode. Okay, so uh, let's just dive straight into, uh, well, the the family of origin is the university of relationships. It's how you learn to hold a fork. It's how you learn to cook. It's like, how do you talk to one another? How did you see your mom or dad or like, you know, even non-biological people in your family? Well, I guess that'd be biological, sorry. Uh, interact with one another, you know? How did your mom treat your dad? How did your dad treat your mom? How did dad talk to grandma? How did grandma talk to you as a grandkid? Or and, not talk to you. Or not talk to you, right, in in some cases. Um, and this is super, I'm super excited because we're going to dive even more into this in the upcoming episodes. But mm-hmm. today, 
we're going to go over a couple of core tenets of uh, family of origin as it pertains to systemic family therapy. Whew, that was a handful. Okay, number one, differentiation of self. If you didn't know anything and never heard the word differentiate, what do, what do you think that that would mean? Slicing Without reading. A, slicing with a knife, butter, differentiated this side from that side. Okay, to, to set apart then? Separate. To separate. Okay, so enter the term differentiation of self. And this is like definitions that I've amalgamated into one. It's a definition. You hath amalgamized? I hath, yeah. So differentiation of self is the literal and basic cornerstone of healthy relationships. Most people, for the most part, are differentiated most of the time. Get that. Most people, for the most part, are differentiated most of the time. Differentiation is the capacity to think and reflect and not react poorly to emotional stressors internally or externally. Differentiation is the ability to be sound-minded, balanced and flexible, even in stressful situations. Undifferentiated people tend to be easily moved by emotions, driven mostly by the reactivity of those around them. Ooh, I know some people like that. He looks at me in the mirror every day. They have lower autonomous identity and are defined by what other people say about them. And again, as a therapist, hear these words that I'm saying. Most people fall somewhere in between this spectrum, right? There are times where we're highly differentiated. You know, one can say we're responding to situations rather than reacting. Um, And uh, most people fall somewhere in between. And when stressed, can have moments of weakness or fall short, but quickly bounce back to their normal selves. In therapy, we call that returning to homeostasis kind of thing, right? I can have a tripping out moment, tripping balls, freak out, uh, whatever, and then come back to normal, right? You get in trouble when you... Is that you, healthy, you're saying? That's healthy to do? Yeah, that's balls? just that's just a, a, a normal thing. It's like, okay, for the most part, my car starts and runs, right? Mm-hmm. Unless the battery is dead or unless there's no gas. And in those isolated incidences, what do I do? I do something to fix it. Buy a new battery. Go to the gas station. Mm. See what I'm saying? And most people fall within that category. Mm-hmm. But if an example is like, okay, he's always tripping balls. She's always tripping balls. My car never runs, never starts. Then we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Then we have to be open and uh, be willing and able to look into it more deeply and to look at it from a different angle. Right? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't think you were like, I was. didn't think that was like a question to me. Okay, so again, we're just going to go over a couple bullet points, um, see where you identify. I want to point out too that your list of undifferentiated people I think mm-hmm. is really helpful to, well, I remember when you were saying it when we were taking notes the other day, is like people who tend to be moved easily by emotions, mm-hmm. driven mostly by reactivity of those around them, mm-hmm. people with low autonomous identity, uh, and are defined by what other people say about them. Like mm-hmm. that was really helpful for me to hear. I had never really heard it set in those terms. So mm-hmm. I just appreciate that. I mean, that. Can, it, can you see yourself like going in and out of all of those things? I think most people can. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes I can read that and go, oh, holy crap, that's me to a T, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not me most of the time. Right. Right. We dip in and out of it. Right. Okay. So we're going to go uh, to. Um, uh, another tenant. It's called emotional fusion. What do you think that means without reading it? Fusion. It sounds like some sort of atomic thing. Sounds like an energy drink. Blackberry fusion. <laughs> it's got an alcohol base with a caffeine rush. Blackberry fusion. <laughs> right. It's like the claw or something. What is it? White claw? No law with the claw. Anyway, emotional fusion 
is a blurring of psychological boundaries between self and others and a contamination of emotional and intellectual functioning. Is that an actual definition? What a weird definition, a contamination. Yeah, it's just it's 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 blurry. This it's emotion tainted. has been contaminated. This is contaminated. <laughs> There's something in the punch. It's contaminated. <laughs> Don't drink it. A blurring but, psychological, a blurring of psychological boundaries between self and others, and mm-hmm. a contamination of emotional and intellectual functioning. That's mm-hmm. emotional fusion. Right. Where do you see emotional fusion taking place? So emotional fusion. We talk. We're going to talk about it in a genogram episode, like being too closely. Mm-hmm. tied with someone that's also called fusion mm-hmm. right like you're fused you don't know where you end and they begin and vice versa now this isn't like some you know throws of passion you know a married couple or something like i don't know we're just so close and it's like a father and son a mother and son a mother and daughter uh, a, a grandmother and grandkid like they're they're too it's close like when you're saying you like the, uh, a mom and a daughter let's just say they're so close that the daughter doesn't know, like, is that what I think? Or is that just what my mom thinks? And right. so now I think that. It's yeah. that. Is that yes. what you're saying? I, 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 I um, am not. <laughs> it's like that. <clears throat> I, I, I. <laughs> that song. Is Ozzy? <laughs> Crazy Train? <laughs> <laughs> now it makes me think of that mastermind. Um, Megamind. Yeah, that's the only Crazy way I, that yeah. I know that song is that's that funny. movie. Side note. My dad found a very expensive guitar in the middle of the road signed by Ozzy Osbourne's guitarist. When? When I was a kid. A very long time ago. Weird. I know. Super. And we sold it for nothing. I wish I had that guitar. <laughs> Could retire. Anyway, emotional fusion. Think about, okay. Um, oh, and here is another thing about emotional fusion that we'll talk about later. On down the line, the people who have relationships who are emotionally fused the kid, usually it's a child with an apparent uh, dynamic, usually has the most maladaptive reactions because they're so closely mm-hmm. fused. So when they try to break out and do their own thing, mm-hmm. they feel like the stigma, they feel the judgment or whatnot from that parent mm. because they're so close. Right. And then they don't separate. And I want to. We can think of several people that we know, right? right? You know what I'm saying? And I want to say too that this emotional fusion is not the same thing as like. Well, obviously, but like it's not the the your parent like loves you so much, and they're like they just want to make the best for you. Because I could see someone be like misunderstanding that and being like, "But my mom just loves me," or whatever. That is how it presents. Yeah, and that is what is so nefarious about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it presents is that I love. Like, okay, think about this with with a a, a parent who has a drug affected son or daughter, right? Well, I just love them so much. I have to go save them every single time right. because their actions reflect on me so heavily that I I can't I can't differentiate. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So um, think about man. I just want to use so many examples, but it would like put a lot of body a lot of people out. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. But um, what was I saying? Oh, too close or fused. Mm-hmm. It's also based on this other idea of uh, Eric Byrne in transactional analysis, and he had this book or, or saying called um, uh, the the idea was um, I'm okay, you're okay, or if you're not okay, I'm not okay, mm, kind of right. thing. Like, oh, mom's mad. Everybody either has to be mad or mm-hmm. on edge or just like, uh, this is weird. What's going on? Right. right? So our emotions are blurred and fused mm-hmm. with another person's i can't be happy unless she's happy she's mad i don't know what to do 
kind of thing. You see, does that, yeah, does that, that is that yeah. making sense? Okay, so emotional infusion. All right, this one is a good one. Emotional triangles and triangulation, which we're going to dedicate an entire mm-hmm. episode to. But just to give you a, a cursory overview, uh, emotional triangles and triangulation equals a three-person system, right? A triangle has three points, correct? Aliens. Keep talking. Oh, boy. Blurry creatures. <laughs> right. Triangles. Triangles, yes. How did the pyramids get built? We don't know. Okay. Emotional triangles and triangulation uh, is the act of detouring conflict between two people by involving a third person or thing, stabilizing the relationship between the original pair. Think of it this way. Triangles are all over the place. Me and you, we're kind of drifting apart. Hashtag real life. No, I'm just kidding. Cool. Okay, come I'm on. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, okay. Uh, we're kind of, you know, whatever. Don't have much to talk about. Hey, what are the kids doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, kid comes in. Okay. You instantly feel a relief. Think about when you are in an elevator with another person that you don't know. There's, there's, there's me, one other random dude, you know, uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, you don't, you don't talk. And then somebody else comes in. You instantly feel relief, right? Mm-hmm. Because the third person takes away the stress, real or not real, mm-hmm. of the two people, right? So I'll read that again. Detouring conflict between two people by involving a third person or thing, drugs and alcohol can be that thing, mm-hmm. uh, and stabilizing the relationship between the other pair. And I'm going to reframe that. Maybe not stabilizing, because when I think of a stable relationship, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it's sturdy, it's solid, but... The constant act of triangulation only, as a therapist, only um, uh, tells me, like, oh, wait a minute. Two people should be able to stand on their own. It's like it's in a like relieving the tension. Right. It's not stabilizing, but it takes the tension away. So let's mm-hmm. give some examples of what triangles can be. Because we mentioned, like, you and I were talking about it when mm-hmm. we were making these notes. So it can be drug use or alcoholism. It can literally just being a, be being obsessed with what your kids are doing. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I can't just sit here and talk to you. We have to be talking about something else, like right. in a uh, maladaptive way. Like, we just talk mm-hmm. about maybe we're, again, I like only want to use real examples that aren't helpful, but maybe we're <laughs> like obsessed with the, you know, news station and all we do is talk about the news. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we're obsessed with, you know, like one of our parents and we only talk about them or we mm-hmm. only talk about schedules or only talk about work. Like, you're, it's a third thing mm-hmm. that makes it so that we never have to actually just talk about us. Right. And it happens all the time, right? In fact, I would say that it happens every single day. Now, does that mean because we're talking about a third thing? It's Tully's coffee for you and me. It's We're just sitting with our espresso. Like, that's how we triangulate. Yeah. This is cup of... Hey, that's a fine triangle for I, me. I know, I'm good. <laughs> I'll do that triangle all day, right? Um, but I don't want people to hear this and go, oh great. If I talk about anything other than like real substantive right. stuff with my spouse or partner, then I'm triangulating. This marriage is a farce. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you say that. It's so cute. <laughs> you say it loud. Like, go away from the microphone. Um, you see what I'm saying? Yes. So again, if you find yourself always talking about other things, mm-hmm. avoiding conflict, you might be finding yourself in a triangle, mm-hmm. right? And this is really this is really damaging. Like in family systems, if I make our sons or daughters like the third point because mm-hmm. me and you aren't getting along mm-hmm. or whatever, 
and go, hey, what are you doing? And then they feel smothered. And then I bring in emotional fusion in my own undifferentiated mm-hmm. self. How do you think that's going to be healthy for the kid? Yeah, it's, it's not. not. You you end up like they have. You just have like a death grip on them because of how you are unhealthy in your relationship. So you just claw on, you glom onto that kid and you're like, mm-hmm. well, they have to be here because if they're not, this is too weird. So right. that's why you think, you know, empty nesters and the right. second, all of a sudden your triangle points are gone and you're mm-hmm. like, what the F? Yeah. I don't know how to do this. Um, again, it's not like you can't talk about outside stuff. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> You have no, to talk about outside stuff. You have to talk. Yeah, obviously, you have to talk about outside stuff. But if you find yourself talking about other people, other places, other things more than you and your spouse are having real conversations, you might have a problem. Okay. Hmm. This is all tied together. That's why I love it so much. Okay. Nuclear. Did I say that right? Nuclear yeah. family emotional process. Your family of or- origin. The and, NFEP? And the NFEP. Nuclear family. So nuclear, nuclear family. <laughs> Like, you're like George Bush. I don't think he could say nuclear. Nuclear. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Nuclear. Nuclear. Nucleus. Nucleus. <laughs> um, uh, nuclear family emotional process. Your family of origin and how they deal or not deal with emotional forces. Think about it this way. So nuclear family is like, okay, your family of origin. Who are you with all the time? The people mm-hmm. that live in your household. How do you guys generally deal with what are you doing? I I'm can't read. I'm looking up a definition. How do you guys deal with anger, love, pain, grief, conflict, joy, sadness, or fear? Emotional things. What? Relating to the nucleus. Sorry, I'm reading the definition of nuclear because I'm like, what does that even mean? Like the nucleus of a cell. Well, yeah. Animal cells, plant cells. Remember that? Thank you. <laughs> uh, I just was like, why is that the thing we say? So okay, like so. The cell family. The family emotional process. How you guys deal with emotional things. Do you talk about them? Do you triangulate? Right? And again, all these are terms like, okay, tell me some examples just in our own family. How do you guys deal with... My my family of origin? Yeah, your family, then I'll talk about mine. How do you guys deal with conflict, anger, sadness, joy, love, pain? How do you generally deal Uh, with those things? I think if you're talking about like... Well, what's the word I was just going to say? So sadness or... um, like a bad thing happening. What's the word for that? Conflict. Co- not conflict, but like something, getting a car accident. Emotional pain. I don't know. We deal with that stuff by like helping. Like you go, okay, where does the thing need to be done? You need to get the insurance. You need to have your car taken there. So it's like hands-on doing is how we mm-hmm. would, the NFEP, nuclear family emotional process, mm-hmm. uh, is that is hands-on that way. Conflict, you don't deal with it because mm-hmm. you don't create it. So you don't, there's never like people in our family don't fight. They don't, mm-hmm. they're like, I disagree with you. Zero happens. Right. It's just like, so I will say nothing to you. That is a way of dealing with it. No, yeah, I know. That's, I know that. Right. Um, um, in, in my family dealing with conflict, we would stay silent for eight minutes. And at the ninth minute, <laughs> and then at the ninth minute, all hell breaks loose. And then at the 10th minute, you go, Hey, I'm sorry. And then you pass the gravy. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's going to be an episode we have the title for already. You're crazy. Please pass the gravy. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that one's going to be good because I'm going to like dig into the vault of just craziness right. and But I think that, whatnot. so let's go through other ones. Like you're even saying your nuclear family emotional process. How does mm-hmm. your nuclear family, so the family I came from, deal with love? Not really. You just like, you just don't. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of, 
you're just there like well i'll, I'll be there i'm, I'm not going to say that i love you i'm mm -hmm. not going to like make sure you know mm -hmm. uh but i won't disappear entirely right is that the same thing right so that's mm -hmm. like my nuclear family how they would deal with right. that or, or how they deal with joy mm -hmm. yeah it's like they like you just it's, it's kind of it's kind of uh it's like a wallflower how a wallflower deals with anything is how my family deals with everything mm -hmm. you stand at the edge and go while you watch other people dancing and you don't even like the punch because it tastes weird and shout out to Y Robin and your tag itches and the music is too loud. Oh boy. <laughs> what is that? Uh, highly sensitive people. Sen <laughs> it's sensory. Sensory stuff. Uh. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and my, like usually joy um, and, and like celebration is, it comes really easy mm -hmm. in my family. It's, and it, happy, like and, and, happiness. And, and, and happiness, you know, there is nothing better in this entire I think love about too. My, yeah, love, love. love. Uh, there's, there's, there's nothing better in my family than when my mom gets a, a wild crazy and and just you know yells, you know, like she's spinning out or like something. Like when she's turning she just, a corner, can you do or it? She's dancing and it's just having. <laughs> <laughs> she'll do that when she turns the corner fast, right, yeah. and she'll pretend that the the tires are squealing out. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's just or like that's even fun, right like. She wants to try sushi and she's never had wasabi. She'll eat the most amount of wasabi God ever. And then she'll laugh about it. And she'll die laughing and she'll be crying and laughing all at the same time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and I think even like your entire family is pretty good at that. Like your dad can be hilarious with it. And then yeah. your grandma too. Like she'll burst your eardrum with a kiss right right in the old eardrum. Yep, she's happy yep. for you. So think about it. We're talking about this, not just like telling about our family and what we mm -hmm. like about them and maybe things that can be right. that can be worked on. We bring this into this relationship, mm -hmm. right? Don't My <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I do want to highlight Nuclear like family emotional the, process. <laughs> the um <laughs> that was the nerdiest diss ever. Nuclear family emotional process much? Um uh, but like I uh, think of the how absolutely opposite our nuclear family emotional processes are, mm -hmm. right? So you've got Seth's family who's like yeah, where's the sushi that I've never had? And bring on all the wasabi. I'm going to taste it. I'm going to laugh and cry and shout and scream and holler in the yard. And then I'm we'll go like, yeah. like go, you know, shoot an explosive target in the back pasture in the holler. And my family's like, I only want rice, please. And if it's salted, um, I'm just going to go to bed. Salted rice. <laughs> like, If my rice is salted, I'm going to bed. I it's swear. not even, no. Oh, you would never be like, I'm going to. It's like, I'll see you later. No, you would get up. It's you actually the, wouldn't even say anything. You just get up and you walk just get away. Up and leave. And you then be gone. Irish goodbye. <laughs> Is that what that's called? You told me. I didn't. You just leave. I don't. Don't. If I told you that, it's news to me. You told me that. It's an Irish goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I had a funny thought earlier that we should do ad reads with accents only, always. I don't know. For we'll no probably reason. Probably get in trouble for that. <laughs> uh, we're paying you money to read our ads. What the hell are you doing? You're not. You're not from Ireland. What? VisitBetterHelp.com. Unless we get an, an ad for Kerrygold Butter, <laughs> then I will. Spread it on all your buns. Kerrygold, the saltiest butter on earth. <laughs> anyway, I'll stop offending everyone. Okay, that's funny. Uh, but uh, well, I think it's interesting so to say, like, our mm -hmm. nuclear family emotional processes are very different. Mm -hmm. Like, really different. And mm -hmm. so it is important to know this stuff, to know how to talk about these things, and to see how they impact um, especially things around the holiday season, what you would expect a family to do, what mm -hmm. you think would be normal to do. I mean, they really are foundational in your foo. Absolutely. You cannot escape these. You can't, unless that... Oh, excuse me. We are Son doing a world-famous podcast. Anyway, keep going to the next anyway, one. Anyway, okay, so here is a long one. So 
Which one comes first? Nuclear family, right? And then second, we're going to look at the multi-generational transmission process, which is similar to the emotional process. And this one I'm going to read because I didn't want to write all these notes. So um, <laughs> I'll do the Cliff's notes. Okay, multi-generational. Think about it. You, your mom, your dad, your aunties, your grandpas, your grandmas, and further on. Mm-hmm. Like multi-generational transmission process. You are only a sum of those that came before you, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. All right. This concept describes the transmission. This is good. The transmission of chronic anxiety from generation to generation. In every generation, the child most involved in the family's fusion, remember I was talking mm-hmm. a, a minute ago, whoever's fused, mm-hmm. the child involved mostly with the family's fusion moves towards a lower level of differentiation of self, aka possible chronic anxiety, other maladaptive reactions, mm-hmm. while the least involved child moves toward a higher differentiation. Hello, I just had a realization. Yeah, that was weird. How far am I from my family? Yeah, same. 3K miles. <laughs> right? And yeah. you're only three miles. But No, I, you I, when you said how far am I from my family, I didn't think you meant actual like distance. Oh, well. I just meant different. Maybe that's a double entendre there. Distance and Growth mindset, differentiation, yeah. differentiation, all kinds of stuff, right? Interesting. Parents who anxiously intrude their concerns on their children leave them little choice but to conform or rebel. Think about it. Again, higher level of fusion, uh, higher level of non-differentiated mm-hmm. um, uh, mindset of the parents trying to put all their stuff on their kid. Mm-hmm. No wonder they're going to have maladaptive reactions and whatnot. And sometimes the kid goes, okay, I don't know who the hell I am or... I hate you, Dad. Yeah. I'm not going to play football like you want me to. I'm right. not going to do this. And then they rebel. That's so um, interesting. And getting farther away, right? This I must be this... nice to have a master's degree in marriage family therapy. Must be nice to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> like women can't do that. That was funny. Anyway, keep on. I thought it'd be funny. Ninety-eight percent of the I know all the ladies are ladies. ladies. We're yeah. female, right? So um, uh, when these children leave home, they expect to become authors of their own lives. They're not going to turn out like their parents. Unfortunately, although many people fight against their inheritance and it usually catches up with them. Boom, hello, family of origin. We cannot escape it. So what can we do? We can become very familiar with it, learn about it, and then learn how to navigate it for ourselves in a healthy way. So um, I think of multi-generational transmission process. We've talked a lot about like Indian country, historical trauma, generational trauma, stuff like that. Indian country meaning Native American. Yeah, Native stuff. And we are a product of all the awesome things that our parents, grandparents, family did, and also the things that they really struggled through, Mm -hmm. the things that they maybe failed at, the things that they hid, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It all freaking matters, Mm -hmm. right? And the cool thing is you get to decide how you're going to deal with it, right? what you've learned about it. I want to point out, I want to read that, like, I had never really thought about that, is that the, where did it go? The parent who anxiously intrude their concerns on their children leave mm-hmm. them little choice but to conform or rebel. Mm-hmm. So think of that like if you're and I'm I'm saying this for moms or dads who may see this behavior now as it's been illuminated in this new like context. Mm-hmm. If you're like burdening your kid or kids with all of this stuff you're you're like pinning them down and making them care about a thing that they don't care about. Or you're like putting anxiety on them that would never be there unless mm-hmm. you were doing it, right? Like you're setting yourself up for failure. Like you're setting yourself up for a conflict. Well, for failure and your kid for a failure. And yeah. of course, we love our kids. We don't want to do that on purpose, right? But 
how do you how do you fix stuff? You learn about it. You know, if you mm-hmm. uh, what is it? If you knew better, you'd do better. Exact, exactamundo, presto, right? And mm-hmm. I am thinking, dang it, what was? Oh, I'm I'm thinking about a, a a Bible verse that talks about like the sins of the father. Say it like you're like a old Englishman. <laughs> An old Englishman. Like it's the King it. James version. What's the what's the verse? Say it King James style. Oh, thus sins. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Uh, the sins of the father, right? I don't know where that is. Somewhere in the Bible, I think. Is that just all it is? It's just uh, three words? No, it talks <laughs> about like the sins of the father get passed down. And when I was young, I, w- I read that and go, oh, wait a minute. I have to pay a price because my dad did something? Great. You, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Dumb. But now, but this is actually, okay, the sins, the the... Okay, not maybe like sins. I'm gonna like the the shortcomings, the anxieties, the maladaptive reactions of the father or mm-hmm. the mother get passed down to the kid if we don't do stuff about it. And I'm thinking about a very particular person who has very high anxiety that seems to be just vomiting that anxiety mm-hmm. on their kids mm-hmm. and other people's kids all the right. time. And what happens all is that time. like that's inherited anxiety. Right. I think the concept of like your children inherit your ang- your anxiety. They inherit your whatever. Like even if, you know, for example, like if your parent was an alcoholic, you you as a child will inherit like all the just crap that comes along with that. Even if you never drank ever a day in your life, ever, not mm-hmm. even once, you still will inherit all that. And that works also, of course, for whatever you're doing now as a parent, your children are going to inherit that. So that is a huge case and a great argument for like becoming as healthy and balanced as possible, and especially before you have children, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just think that's a powerful... Okay. Uh, uh, PSA reminder. When you hear all the stuff that we're talking about, look at yourself first, not straight at your spouse, okay? Don't, don't get mad at your spouse. Don't get mad at your kids. Don't get mad at your mom or dad or whoever. Look at yourself first and go, oh... What am I perpetuating? What have I not looked at? What am I avoiding here? I make a commitment to work through it. What are you smiling at? Uh, all I can think of when you said, look at yourself first, not at your partner. All I, literally, all of the people who used to grow up watching X-Men, I thought of, I think it's Scott who wears the glasses, who Jean Grey is in love with. He takes his glasses off and it's like, I just imagine you taking your glasses off and your red eyes go. Then you just kill somebody. Yeah. You laser eyed me. Okay. Um, here, here's another term that you're going to learn more about in the genogram Laser episode. eyes. Laser eyes. Yeah. Laser eyes. This is a systemic family therapy term. Laser eyes. It's Look bad. it up. It's bad. Don't do it. What's Most couples who laser eyes get divorced. So don't do that. Okay. Studies have found. Okay. Uh, a concept that we will talk about in a future episode uh, when we do the genogram work is emotional cutoff. Right? Mm-hmm. And an emotional cutoff, I'll read this one too, describes the way people manage anxiety. Mm. Between generations, the greater the emotional fusion, again, going back to fusion, between parents and children, the greater likelihood of cutoff, right? Some people seek distance by moving away. <laughs> what do I do it? I'm moving 3,000 miles I'm moving away. from Cruz out there, Carolina, to Maple Valley, Washington. What have I done? Oh, I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> oh, wow. Long reenactment there. That was funny. I like doing that voice. Good. Anyway, some people seek distance by moving away. Others do so emotionally. By avoiding personal conversations or insulting themselves with the presence of third parties. Let or me... insulating themselves with the presence of third parties. Again, triangulation. Gosh, the more I read about this, it right. is all connected. So let me just say something. 
So emotional cutoff is a way to manage the anxiety of things that you haven't talked about with your mom, dad, grandma, auntie, uncle, right? So sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's vital. If your family, sometimes we, you know, people have toxic family members. Like Mm -hmm. it is not safe to be around him or her. They just cut me down every time and make me feel garbage, terrible. I've tried all these things. So it is best for me to be like, thank you very much. Right, right. Out, done, over. And that is hard. That will affect you and your future relationships, right? But that is a way to manage the You could anxiety. make it more fun if you did it like the Forged and Fire guy. This relationship is over. It is over. <laughs> no, don't do that. We got to get a um, meme of that guy. It is over. But uh, what is his name? not as good anymore. What is Season his name? I like the new guy. Will Wallace. Will Wilson. Will Willis is the old guy's name. But um, one of the things that makes me think of is one of our kids has an issue with his cousin. And um, there's reasons for it. There's like legit, there's some stuff going on that's not cool. But my, our kid was like, I'm just never going to talk to them again. <laughs> and I said, I'm like, sweetheart, I know it feels that way. I know that that's what you want to do. But I was telling him like, that is just a sign that you're not thinking of it like complexly enough. Like the more, so you, mm-hmm. what was the definition that you just said? Um, some was, people seek distance by moving. Well, hold on. Yeah, no, that was right. <clears throat> because you're saying that, uh, they can't handle the anxiety of it. That's what it mm-hmm. was. Is that was um, they? Where where did you read it? I don't know. But it was essentially saying like they can't handle the anxiety that comes with managing and dealing with it. Like the conflictual nature uh-huh. of having to deal with this person behaves in a way that man, it just doesn't make it doesn't sit well with me. But that doesn't mean. I know I have to never speak to them again, you know? Right. So it's, it's pretty interesting to, if you start to look at it through that lens of like, well, I'm just never talking to them again. Like, what are you not doing mm-hmm. on your side of the fence there that would, that actually makes it worse? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, that would be a, a, um, an uh, emotionally immature, way too soon emotional cutoff. Yeah. You know, right. Oh, this just isn't working. Boom. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're breaking up. Or, oh, you know, I got a flat tire, so I need right. all brand and new four tires. And I will say, tires. too, like, ending a relationship is not the exact same thing as an emotional cutoff. There's, it's more like that, yeah. abrupt. You yeah. Know? So, again, all this is tied together. And then the last one is normal family development uh, within the systemic family model. What is normie? Normal. Normie. What is normal family development look like? Of course, this is different because we're all different culturally. Everything, right? Normie family development. Yeah, normie. (laughs) Optimal family development is thought to take place when family members are well differentiated, anxiety is low, and partners are in good emotional contact with their own families. Most people leave home in the midst of transforming relationships with their parents from an adolescent to adult basis. Thus, the transformation is usually incomplete, and most of us, even as adults, continue to react with adolescent sensitivity to our parents or anyone else who pushes the mm, same buttons. Interesting. That is really interesting because I, man, my dad doesn't listen to the show, so it's fine. <laughs> doesn't know what podcasts are, so it's fine. Nope. Uh, but I see his interactions with um, other family members who he grew up with. And sometimes I'm just like, what is this? What is going on? Mm-hmm. Right. And then I see that played out with me and I can react. I mean, I can think of several times mm-hmm. where we've gone back home, mm-hmm. right? This is probably five years ago and just like huge arguments. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I swear 
I must be 15 again, mm, yeah. trying to like find my own way. And it's just crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And that is because I believe the same thing happened to my dad mm-hmm. when he was younger, right? He didn't get a chance to work on it. There weren't, he didn't go to grad school. He didn't have podcasts. He didn't listen to books on tape, right? So I have done some work that he wasn't able to. Mm-hmm. It's like you saying, I think in a, a, a maybe it's a future episode. I don't yeah, know. So now, the, like, I'm going backwards. Yeah. It's like your mom has said, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, when we were growing up, or when when we were parents, you know, Raising when you kids. were like four or five, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight, whatever, they did not have the resources that we have now, mm-hmm. thus making it much more difficult. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we can't blame our parents and get mad if they knew better, they would have done better. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when you know to know and not do is to not know. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm a, a fierce advocate and proponent of, I believe most people do the best they can with what they have at the time that they have it. What are you smiling at? I thought, of, okay. You know, Beyonce had an album called Sasha Fierce. Yes, you said the word fierce. Yeah. So word associations all day. Sasha Fierce came into my head. The music comes and in your th- head. Nope. Then I thought of Callie calling you Zesty. So Zesty Fierce. <laughs> Seth is Zesty Fierce. Is that a Seth's like a, nickname is Zesty, by the way. Is that a, given by one of uh, Melanie's friends and uh, mastermind members? Listen, it's it's how it works, man. It's a good. Say it uh, again, Zesty. What were you saying? I don't remember. You don't point out when I laugh or smile because it's never going to be logical or. But helpful. it's fun. I like it's, I like it when you smile. I like okay, it when you laugh. If you're okay with being derailed intentionally, because well, you asked. I, I think we both do that to each uh, other. Hold on. Sure. So you said. Read it again. Read what you read again. Fam- normal you. family development? Yeah, the end part of it I thought was interesting. Okay. Um, so, thus the transformation is usually incomplete, thinking about adolescent to adult relationships, uh, and uh, we can continue to react with adolescent sensitivity to our parents or anyone else who pushes the same buttons. Uh, again, if I have things that didn't get figured out with my mom or dad or biological family or whoever, guess where that's going to show up, people? Mm-hmm. Meow, meow. Right here, right the dang F here. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. You see what I'm saying? So this is just another reason why this stuff is so important. I, as a therapist, find it fascinating. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. And it's like sometimes, you know, on, you know, um, on, uh, oh man, uh, Iron Man, when uh, Iron Man is in his like layer of of lab coolness and he's talking to Jarvis and he's like, Getting this piece on his on his yeah, computer he's screen, he's going zirn, zirn, here and which you'll soon up. be able to do with Google Glass. Probably can already. No, Apple Glass. There's both of that. Mac Glass. Anyway, Mac Glass. Sometimes I feel like learning more about this stuff, relearning, reading about it, being steeped in it. It's like I just can see. Oh yes, here's a puzzle piece. Here it is. That's why Melanie does that. Okay, can I? Am I going to react or respond to it? I would rather respond to it with education, with grace, with love. And then mm-hmm. work through it and not avoid it and not perpetuate anything that I don't want in my family of origin, mm-hmm. me, you, our three kids. I'm not going to perpetuate that anymore. So how do I do it? Learn about it, work on it, talk about it, think about it, pray about it, journal about it, all kinds of stuff. And that is why this work is so important. So I really hope that this is helpful. That's all I got for you. Uh, genograms, we, will, we're gonna, we have a whole episode on genograms, so I'm not going to get into that as much um that's a fun episode we've already done it and think about a genogram as a family tree we've done it but you it doesn't come out it comes out soon it yeah it hasn't been published yet but yeah i i do want to say 
one of the things that you said made me think of this, that sometimes when we are on a journey to learn new things and maybe we share stuff with our spouse or whatever, what tends to happen is that you hear this new information and think in a deficit mindset, like, well, mm. oh, I'm not that, so blah. Or, well, I didn't point. grow up like this, so, oh. Like, and you, apparently you just make noises that sound mad. Ugh. But um, what I would encourage you to do is to look, you know, hear what we're saying, think of the points, the triangulation, the nuclear family, emotional process concepts, all of the things, and ask yourself what it would look like if it were different. So don't like get pissed and like start pointing fingers and slinging the gravy and being mad, right? Not none of that. We're not getting angry and fighting about these things. We're inviting a new relationship with them. And what would it look like if I had balance here? What would it look like if I could stop triangulating with my kid or whatever that look, you know, whatever. Um, because once we start having curiosity around it, then we can begin to grow in these things. If mm -hmm. we have sort of a rigid idea that my partner bringing this information to me is somehow offensive, that they're trying to change me, that they're like a, this a-hole and that they blah. Like if we have that energy around it, one, you're not going to grow. Two, you're going to push yourself farther away from your partner, like by default. Um, and three, you're, again, you're going to just make it so that your children inherit your problems and then they have to figure them out. Mm -hmm. Right? So think about that. That's a really weird way of putting it. Like, had your, and I'm just going to say this again because your dad doesn't listen. I guess we talk about my dad too. He doesn't listen. But um, like have had had Seth's dad maybe figured some of these things out, Seth would not have to be burdened by them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's that simple in a, in a lot of ways. And the kids, our kids may say the same things to us. Oh, for sure. You know, had mom done this, then I wouldn't have mm -hmm. done this. Had dad been more patient, kind, loving, whatever, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had to do this. And hopefully there will be grace and love all around it mm -hmm. and understanding. And yeah, it's, well, and it's, not, think... it's not like, you know, our parents were messed up and we think mm -hmm. we're so great. I guarantee you that, I mean, we've messed up a thousand times with our kids, me a lot, probably more than you. And they can say that too. Mm -hmm. But if it's wrapped in love, grace, understanding, then that is an opportunity for us to grow our relationship even closer. Mm -hmm. I think also uh, sort of, putting the icing on the cake for this as well is that uh, because we talk about these things all the time, it makes it, it makes it easier to have these conversations with our children. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you, even if you find it challenging to talk about maybe even nuclear family, emotional process might be really challenging to talk about like how your family deals with stuff mm -hmm. that might feel really scary and challenging and hard. And I don't want to talk about it and whatever, but I encourage you the more that you can have these conversations well together and then especially have your kids like see you communicating about things like emotional processing and whatever it it is it's going to i want to say it's like the lubricant of being able to have these conversations down the line you know mm -hmm. as your kids get older as they become teenagers or you're, have their own families or whatever you're normalizing it the more comfortable you are with something mm -hmm. clearly right we can posit that the more comfortable you will be talking to others about it thinking about it, sharing about it, having right. conversations, doing the work on it. And parents, all you parents out there, you guys, us included, are creating your children's family of origin mm -hmm. right now. Right. Right now. Um, and how, I want, how you yeah. eat supper tonight, how you wake them up for school in the morning, how you do bedtime, how you 
everything. Mm-hmm. It's you're like it's it. like the habit tracker of life. Like you're just every Ooh, time you scream at your kid, you're just oh, I've built in that habit. <laughs> Call them an idiot. Built in yeah, that habit. That is such someone a that I know. I'm not gonna say who it is, but maybe we wait for the bus sometimes with this person. Called their kid like an effort in front of them, and their kid is little. Not and I was cool. like, man. That's not ideal, and this happened more than once. And I was mm-hmm. like, that really sucks for that kid is going to that does grow suck. up being called that. And possibly she was called that too. Of course. How did you know it was a woman, though? I didn't say it was a woman, so that's you. Well, just I know who gave. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole world does. But um, I also want to say right before we go that uh, we do hear from clients sometimes that this stuff is hard to talk about. And especially our male clients, sometimes they really struggle with like wanting to get into deeper emotional stuff and talk about these things, uh, that are hurtful, like cutoffs and being, you know, having your parents treat you poorly. I encourage you men again, if you find that you're really cut off to this stuff, um, I encourage you to feel the feelings, talk it through, allow yourself to like step into this space. Because if you can never cry about it and you can never have those conversations, you're just going to hand it down to your kids to have to deal with. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like helpful. I don't know. You are allowed to have feelings. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to have complex feelings about all that's of right. these things. Um, I just want to like put that caveat in there. You don't need to be like black and white about it. You can have a plethora of feelings. And if you need help, go to anatomyofus.com. Click on the groups. You can join Badass mm-hmm. Husband Mastermind with me. Oh, yeah. Doi. We're talking about all this stuff in all of November. I mean, it's so exciting already. The um, Man, today the uh, question, because we have a daily oh, the prompt. The question in what? In, in women's group coaching. Women's group coaching. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the prompt for Foovember was what was an invisible rule in your mm-hmm. household? And it was the responses were amazing. Like women can't stay out. Like if you're a girl, you have to come. Your curfew must be earlier. Mm-hmm. Or women don't use table saws or if mom's not happy, everybody should like hide. Right. Like there's all, it's so fascinating. Ah, so see how those are related to the mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, uh, family emotional process. Yep. Right. Oh, if mom's mad, uh, somebody's not differentiated. Somebody yeah. might be fused. There are all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. It's right? really fascinating. So, so if you want to dive deeper into your family of origin, I encourage you to go to anatomyofus.com and sign up for our uh, groups, badass husband, mastermind and women's group coaching. Hope to see you there. Have a wonderful rest of your day and send your Foovember questions in. You can DM us or send them in to hello at anatomyofus.com. Or no, hello yep, at anatomyofmarriage.com. Anatomy oh, who cares? Whatever. Send us. the questions yeah. to us. We love you. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Anatomy of Us. This podcast is produced by my mom, Melanie Studley, and hosted by my dad, Seth Studley. Our show is edited and published by our producer, Reva Hansen, from Creative Media Support. Special thanks to our Patreon members that get an extra episode every week. Thanks for watching. Love you. Bye. Bye.